Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about legalising hugs, first world problems and we have part two of our interview with James Herbertson. Welcome to another edition of The Kindness Project, I'm joined by a girl who I've just found out doesn't get enough sleep. It's Charlotte Dames. And I'm joined by a man who didn't inform me we were doing multiple recordings <laughs> today. So I have just been well, taken by surprise that he started another one. Well, the challenge we've got is um, when we first started doing the Kindness Project, we used to record them in bulk. Then um, uh, through lockdown, uh, we were doing a Kindness Project episode every single day because we were doing the lives. Do you remember uh, that? And then it went down to like three times a week, but we were still like... But we we, we had loads and loads and loads recorded because we were it, just doing it the lives. It got to the point where we were mid-summer and we had enough episodes to last us till the new year. Yeah. So, like... I'm really not, not you, used to... But you know what? I missed doing the recordings. I mean, it was a weird time because things were going back to normal and um, uh, uh, like there was a bit of transition period and it was all a bit sort of wavy, wasn't it? Because, you know, there was like, you know, life was going back to normal and then life didn't go back to normal because we had to go back into lockdown. <laughs> I'm hoping now, Charlotte, that um, we will now be going back to a bit of normality. Well, this will be released... While we're away, actually. It'll be released when we're in Scotland. Oh, no. No, yeah. it won't. Not next week. Yeah, next week. It's no. next week's episode. <laughs> Sorry, there's some well, weird we time vortex going on with the we listeners. We can't be away, away next week. I still have college. Oh, no. So it's the week after. Yeah, we're, we're away, we're away the, the week, week after. after, yeah. So... If this is being released on Thursday next week... This is not an episode of Dr. O. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrapping my around it. If this is being released Thursday next week, so <laughs> to you guys, last Monday you were able to take face masks off in public settings. That's where I was going with this tangent. What can you do this week? Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. Take, take a longer nap if you want. Yeah, go, go I mean, like, invite some mates there, go for a meal. You know, do do something. I mean, I... I um, uh, I don't know I should be, whether I should be admitting this because I might have the police round. I did give two people a hug on Saturday, even though hugs weren't legally allowed until Monday. <laughs> it's really weird to think that hugs weren't legally allowed at one point. It's like... I, it is the strangest thing in the world. And I, I, I've been, just before the police start banging down my door, I have been a stickler for the rules uh, during COVID um, and at times just making sure that I sort of didn't do anything that was breaking the rules. Um, but it was my best, one of my best mates that, I'm, that I've known for... Donkey's 35 years, years donkey's years um, and I hadn't seen for months and months and months and months and um, uh, went round had a cup of tea um, and he, got, he sort of went to give me a cuddle and I thought I'm not going to I'm not going to say no to a hug we've had, had like, I've had one jab I think he's had his jab you know we're pretty well sort of and he, he gave me a big cuddle and then I went with my dad's, <laughs> your granddad's, and um, not your granddad's listeners, your granddad's are completely different people, but I'm talking to Charlotte, <laughs> and um, he gave me a cuddle when, when I left. And it, you oh, know, he, he's a very physically affectionate man, though. He is, for a big, burly bloke. Um, my dad is quite physically I affectionate. I mean, he, so. only, he 
in all the time I've known him to have, have dogs, they're always the smallest dogs you can imagine. Oh, you know what? And they like they sit on his shoulder, and it's like. Oh, but his his new dog is like literally a whirlwind. He jumped on my oh, head at one point. Oh, she's a baby. She's just a baby. Now, can we talk about your thing about dogs at the minute? Because there is a new show on Channel Four called what? Uh, the Dog House, I think. The Dog House, which effectively is just loads of dogs. And no, we don't want a dog anymore. We want a turtle. And <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Lo- loads of dogs. And there was a period, listeners, where <laughs> Charlotte and my wife Cassie spent just watching the Dog House on, like, on loop because it's on <laughs> four on demand, um, just going... Ah, oh, should we get one of them? Ah, oh, should we get one of them? Ah, oh, should we get one of them? When you can look after the one dog we've got, I'll let you have another dog, all right? <laughs> when when the uh, when the back garden doesn't look like a waste yard, um, uh, uh, we dog's get... got to go, Dad. Dog's <laughs> got to go. go. You got to tidy it up, but you don't do it quick enough. Oh God, this is like first world problems, <laughs> dog poo pandemic. Um, uh, anyway. Listeners, I hope you're doing amazingly well. I I hope that you're enjoying this sort of um, new new freedoms we've got. Go out, um, hug your family, hug your friends. <laughs> but 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 do it in moderation, chaps, because we want to make sure that COVID. Oh, there's still COVID, but like enjoy the time with your family now before they lock us down again. <laughs> They're not. Lo- God, dystopian world future. They're not going to lock us down again. I think it's going to be okay. We will wait and see. On that note, should we do a, uh, and swiftly changing the subject, should we do another question of the podcast as we normally do? This week's question is um, an interesting one. And we had a good, uh, we've already had a good reaction to this one. Um, And this is where I get serious. Do you know what mastermind is? Have I been living under a rock? Listeners, <coughs> do you know what mastermind is? Hello? 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 Sorry, sorry, can you come off mute? <laughs> can you come off mute, please? Your, your Wi-Fi's a bit unstable. Your wi- are you keep on glitching, mate. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> we'll assume not. Charlotte's going to explain what mastermind is. Uh, they sit the clever people in the chair. <laughs> I sit the clever people in the chair (laughs) and they ask them questions on a subject that they like and if they get points on the subject they get are you trying to explain it in the most simplistic way I sit the people in the chair (laughs) no this is my understanding of Waterman they sit the clever people in the chair ask them topics about their specialist subject count up all their points and the more points they've got the more likely they are to win which you know that's how most quiz shows work (laughs) so um so that pointless <laughs> um, uh, can we just quickly while you let the dog out talk about our obsession with uh, our obsession um, we'll come back to the question of the podcast but um, let's just have a quick conversation about your obsession with the countdown theme show <laughs> I mean it is an unofficial question of the podcast before we get on to the official question of the podcast is how long do you reckon you could um, tolerate the countdown theme tune. I reckon four hours. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, two minutes. And would it be? Would... <coughs> it loops around four times. I'm done. <coughs> yeah. Did it? Did it? Stop it! <laughs> and just would it? The would screen. it be worse 
if um, it was just the... Oh, we had this discussion. I don't know what's the with my throat. I can't do the countdown theme tread. Or every 30 seconds it went... Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon would be worse? I think it would be worse. We had this discussion when we were at the beach. And I said, I think it's... Let's go to the beach. Beach. Let's go. No, you didn't go on. Okay. I'm worried about copyright. We had this discussion at the beach. I mean, if they're not going to copyright us over the uh, after yeah. the countdown theme song <laughs> I don't know what... well, I, my assumption is that as long as you can only do 10 seconds of any song um, but actually we have got um, uh, we have got a uh, uh, an artist that I jumped on Twitter the other day and was talking about who did offer offer um, us to use one of their songs um, on a podcast so we might um, give a shout out to them in the future <coughs> but my understanding is that as long as you use 10 seconds and nothing more and nothing more you're okay to um, do it but I don't know if that counts if you just keep on repeating the countdown theme song, <laughs> song. I don't know um, anyway, anyway, so what would be worse? Um, Just the do, 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 do bit do, over do, and over, do, 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 or the full 30 seconds over and over. The full 30 seconds over and over. I reckon you're right. Yeah, because you think it's coming to an end and then it just starts back up again. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. <sighs> And what they should do is is just make the time between the um, uh, end of the <laughs> end of the end of the last one and the start of the first one random. So it could be like a millisecond or it could be three seconds, but it always restarts. No, no, Ma- make the gap between them longer each time. It's just like <laughs> oh, it's finally done, and then just like two seconds later, it starts again. Good move. And that's not the. Uh, um, official question of the podcast because that would be frankly ridiculous. <laughs> um, the question is you are in the mastermind black chair. What is going to be your specialist subject? What subject of trivia do you think that um, you would be amazing at, amazing enough to boss it in the mastermind uh, black chair? What would be yours? Please don't put me in the mastermind black chair. There is no subject I could boss. I bet there is. How about psychology? How about something you're actually actively studying at the minute? Uh, what? Like, um... I do sociology, I guess. I do psychology. So I, you're going to go in the I black do, chair. I do some lessons. Right, right. Okay, Let, let's do a bit of a role play here because most people, when they get in the black chair, right... When they're asked what the special subject is, they're very confident in their response because they know they're they're both, they're going to box it right. So let's do a bit of a reenactment of Martha's to mind. Okay, name. Uh, d- uh. Yeah, no, no, that's the easy question. That's the easy question. You're not meant to. You're not meant to stop over that one. Let me start again. Name. Jeez. <laughs> Cheese wheel, you know cheese wheel. <laughs> Tell me your specialist sub, sub subject is camembert and brie of the eighteen nineties or something like that. No, cheese rolling. <laughs> your name is cheese rolling. Your name is cheese rolling. Let's start again. Let's start. Again. I, I appreciate this is a pressurised environment, right? Let's start again. Oh, nothing no. more pressurised than your own dining room, mate. No, name. <laughs> Chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Name chicken nuggets. 
especially subjects. <laughs> McDonald's Happy Meals. <laughs> Default to chicken nuggets because your favourite specialist subject was going to be McDonald's. <laughs> um, sorry, last time you were on the show, chicken nuggets, your name was Cheese Rolling. When did you last change your name? Uh, two hours ago. Very easy process if you got the money for it. Yeah, I think your specialist subject should be the process of depot. Um, uh, uh, anyway, on that note... Um, I can't be topic appropriate on, tonight. On that note, um, uh, I mean, one question of the podcast that I do want to do in the future is, <clears throat> if you could change your name to anything, what would it be? And clearly we've already got your answer to that. It'd be chicken nuggets or cheese rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. Cheese are rolling. Uh, anyway, on that note, oh, shall could, we get on with the show? You could have done so much better. I was expecting you to go roly, roly, roly more. <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> what I'm going to change my name by default to. Roly, 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 roly. The rolliest mole you'll ever know. And his name is... Roly, mole. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, should we get on with the show? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and if you're listening, James, I'm sorry about that first bit because well, your uh, interview uh, we really enjoyed, and we really enjoyed sharing your stories of social entrepreneurship, the work, the amazing work you do with charities, and meeting a generally all-round awesome individual. This is part two, you can listeners of the James Herbson interview. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one yet, make sure you check out the last episode um, uh, to, to get a real insight to James because we're going to carry on the conversation we had with him today. Let's go. <clears throat> Let's do it. I, 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 I suppose the interesting thing for me is um, when you've had that parental push to, yeah. to, to gain mm. knowledge and education, yeah. you're moving into environments where potentially that push might not be there in... in environments where in countries where the push might be to start earning money for the family at quite a young age yeah. how do you how do you encourage the importance of education in communities where it may not be such a focus because we're lucky here right you know we do you think there's a desire for education in those communities if I look what's happening in Zimbabwe I think it definitely depends whether you're male or female okay difference so one of the big drop-offs in education in in rural Zimbabwe is when girls get to you know age of menstruation and so on then they there's massive dropout Mm. Um, first it starts with missing probably at least a week every month and then after then the, the parents stop paying their their fees right so then there's a real sort of taboo around that sort of education piece generally in some of the rural areas. So that's a big determinant, which is obviously not, not great. No. Um, yeah, I think if you... 
I think only so much can come from yourself. I think if you're brought up, like you say, where it's being drilled into the yeah. purpose of education, how much can you influence? I think it's a bit of a chicken and egg. I mean, when I look there, if you create, um, we've done a lot of infrastructure projects. So you've got a situation where people were taught either underneath a tree or in mud huts. If you suddenly can give them an opportunity to, right, now we've actually got classroom blocks. Then you address, okay, they need to have a source of water so they're not walking like seven, eight or more kilometres a day just to go and get drinking water. If you can take that away by putting, say, a borehole in, and then you can provide proper sanitation with, mm. with proper toilets. All one, it's like a bit like a sort of legs of a chair. They're yeah. all important. Incremental change, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, and then yeah. actually, sometimes it's the things you don't see, but like actually putting decent housing in for the teachers. Okay. So now the teachers aspire to work there. You know, we've had schools where they were like 50, 60 students, and within literally a year, have grown to like 250 students, are beacons of the community. Yeah. Rather than teachers running away because they get a better service or back to the cities, they yeah. now aspire to work there. Yeah. It's a, you, so you want a cornerstone of the community. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, yeah. I think the environment is very important. And it's not just purely your environment at home. Yeah, and I, I, I interestingly, I think that focus on the aspiration, you know, building yeah. something that people aspire to be part of is, yeah. is an interesting yeah. way of, of, of positioning it. Yeah. So we've talked about a little bit about the projects, but tell me about one of the projects specifically. Um... Okay, so our first project was in, um, it's near Ipanema in Rio, okay. uh, in Brazil. It's an organisation called Maish Caminos over there. Um, there's only Portuguese listeners, excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> um, Maish Caminos kind of like means more pathways, giving a kind of literal translation. And the idea there is that they run an after-school club and... It has two purposes, I think. One, we're funding the English language classes, so people get the chance to learn English, and hopefully at the end they're aged from 12 to 16. So the idea being when they get to the end, then hopefully they have a higher level of English and then more opportunities. British Council did a really interesting study that you can virtually earn double just by virtue of speaking English um, in some careers, like trade, tourism, etc. So it's very important. So that's one purpose, but also by funding the teachers and be able to have more hours of this after-school club, then they're being kept off the streets, avoiding getting yeah. into a life of crime, etc. Et so social influence. So, exactly, yeah, big yeah, social yeah. influence. And so I'd heard about um, the, the organisation by sort of mutual contact and so on, got in touch with them, and just to see the smiling pictures of people that are now studying English, their pride of when they get their certificate at the end of the term and so on, and we really want to build on this as a, as a model. And they're a great organisation. I mean, they're actually quite similar to us, um, just based in a different location. They have a Portuguese school, so they have a lot of um, normally Americans coming down to Brazil yeah. and other South Americans, but some from Europe as well, who come. And then they saw, wow, people wanted to volunteer. And so they started with having volunteer people to help in the same idea, like the after-school club. And so we said, well, why don't we help fund a teacher? And so it's really starting to blossom. So we've now got a couple of classes going there. Amazing. Um, Yeah, it's going well. And that's kind of been our model. So actually the one we've got running in Medellin in Colombia... it's actually called Fundacion Caminos. They don't 
they don't all have to have Caminos in the name. They, just have to have that. They, they start a slightly different way, but similar sort of idea where this guy, Eddie, when he came from, um, he's Dutch and came from Holland, and he went over and he was doing like a kind of football coaching Camuna, they call it there. It's like the equivalent of the favela. And he said, you can be part of the football team, but the one condition, apart from playing football presumably well, um, was you have to go to your classes, you know, in the secondary school. Yeah. And it was amazing, just like there was the aspiration, as you say, to be part of the football club. Yeah. yeah. And to wear the shirt. I think they had all the orange shirts. But they had to go to classes, and so attendance suddenly went up massively. Okay. And then not only are they get the football, but they get a better education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we did a similar project. We started with them. Um, we're now in the second term with them again to give them English language classes. So it's really giving them you know, life skills that they're learning by playing in a team. That sort yeah. of process of training. They're now get, attending more their classes of education, and then we're giving them English language as well. So it kind of I love those kind of holistic programs yeah. and so yeah, on yeah. Yeah. So, so education relate to life but yeah. also learning some of the exactly. skills they'll, yeah. they'll need to develop what's the next one what's next what's one next? well we did we did a project this summer um, well next one will be we're going to go to different countries around the world um, we really want to get this link up so I'd like to get a project and actually if any of your listeners are involved in programs where they might I'd love to, to hear from them okay um, cool um, but there might be a couple of our previous guests actually that yeah. might be interesting I've got one in mind actually so I'll, uh, I'll make sure I connect you fantastic yeah. thank you um, but we actually were, um, started a programme this summer in I mentioned Nottingham where we were helping refugees okay. um, and we had two kind of cohorts one was the younger ones so 14 to 17 year olds who were at secondary school but perhaps don't have the same networks that um, kids are brought up in the UK do and then 18 plus but most people tend to be sort of 25 to 40 45 I'd say um, that had come for whatever reason to the UK and I felt I learned a lot that you can sometimes have a sort of stereotypical image that people come. We had a lot of people from Syria, for example, that come from war-torn background. But we had people that were persecuted in their countries of being homosexual. We yeah. had other people yeah. that were political refugees. Um, so very sort of different circumstances. But all of them had this common thread that they all wanted to get on in their lives. And for them, it was either to get a job that was related to what they were doing back in their home country or to what they've done from their studies. And for me, it was kind of tragic hearing some of the, you know, people that were like PhD students yeah. or masters and yeah, they were yeah. working in a warehouse. And again, nothing wrong with working in a warehouse per se, but I just feel what a waste of that talent, having yeah. studied that for so many years and having all that experience. So we ran a programme um, for a couple of weeks and it was great. That's Ruth who'd actually introduced us. Yeah. She came and spoke um, Ruth Hughes um, spoke up there and we had all these different sessions so we had like English language in the morning which is helping people really with their literacy and then in the afternoon we did workshops anything from creative things um, my cousin who's a designer um, she came and ran one session uh, a friend of mine Hannah she came and uh, did a session on innovation we had lots of people from different companies come and talk we had people from the university share about how to get like from a faculty point of view how to get into different topics so we're now in talks with lots of different universities around the country. Um, we've kind of got like a kit and we understand how it works now. We'd love to roll that out. So we're okay. working on that. 
Um, we're working on having other programs in other countries and we're also doing things in, in the college as well to help people in the community. So it's a really nice mix from the foundation point of view. Amazing, amazing. So a lot going on. A lot going on, yeah. Um, talk to me about uh, the story you think encapsulates the work you do best. Well, this is a tough one, really, because there's, there's obviously the students we have in the college, um, and we've had some wonderful stories of people that have gone on to do great things. But I guess on the foundation side, one of our inspiration, I can't name for legal reasons, sure. his actual name, but we had a young man, I'd say a teenager, 15-year-old, who, who'd come from Syria and had a very... A very, very difficult situation, not just having to flee from a war torn country, but the challenges he faced when he got here, suffered bullying, um, and ended up being hounded out of his um, community and had to be moved. And we'd heard about his story, and we managed to get in touch with the lawyers that were representing him, and he actually came on our program. And it wasn't easy it was the longest time he'd spent away we did a residential program so he was about two weeks away from his family and you could just see in him sort of like the light bulb moments on virtually a daily basis just to being in a very friendly environment very accepting we really tried to help support him and he was learning lots helping with on the literacy side of things but also all the activities and sports we did yeah. in the afternoon he was he was loving it he was really reveling and he made some great friendships with some of the other um kids at the same age as him and at the end in his feedback i mean this was such a moment he said that he, it was his inspiration now to start a charity to help others that have been bullied okay and for me it was just one of those kind of heart melt moments where you think wow we've gone because it was intense but all those programs but to sort of feel at the end wow we've really achieved something but but, but that's one of the advantages of sharing stories of kindness and doing kind things if you inspire somebody else to do it that's that then that becomes infectious doesn't it and carries on so so yeah that's um that's amazing so what one of the things thanks for sharing all that we really appreciate it but one of the Mm. things we always like to do uh, at the end of it any interview is ask you some of the questions that we ask and listen this is where Charlotte starts to get really oh excited why is it like you're warming up <laughs> I don't get to sit in on many of these interviews so this this is my moment to shine so go on then so, okay. so uh, would you like would have you, you got a list of them uh, I'll get the list up so you can do a couple okay, from memory so, the ones so these are the qu- every every week for yeah. 98 no, actually, it'd be more than that. It'd be 102. Mm. We we get to ask our listeners a question, and they respond to us. And that quick question is typically nothing to do with kindness, but just because we're curious people, we like to right. ask our and listeners. It's a different opinion. question every week. Uh, I'm surprised we've come up with so many. Uh, opinions right, are really stuff. On the spot here. So this is a quick fire round. Oh, right. oh there's um, more, more than one. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's loads. You've got menace in your eye when you say that. Hello, thank you, thanks. That that look scared me. This is my favourite bit. Um, So I'll I'll just pick out the most popular ones, usually from the start, because they're the easiest ones to remember. I'm going to start with, what's your favourite biscuit? Oh, what's my favourite biscuit? Digestive biscuit. Okay. Who's your favourite Muppet? 
God, you now put me on the spot. Now, this is, this is one of our most amateur animals. Of course. It can yeah. only... I did cross my eyes at the onset because I was feeling like under pressure there, but definitely animal. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Wait, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid of the 80s, so, yeah. so I, I am trying to really make sure my kids know about Fraggle Rock. Yeah. I think Fraggle Rock is <laughs> the best thing in the world ever. Love um, Rock. You do a decent amount of travel. Yeah. What... Um, country is on the top of your must visit list oh I've always wanted to go to Argentina okay never been there so South America where have you visited so far um, Brazil I've been to a few times and as, as I mentioned earlier having got a Spanish I've well, got a project there so I'd like to go out and see it um, but also I've been lucky enough as a result of a friendship I made in Spain to go to a Brazilian wedding which was just amazing okay. if you ever get an opportunity listeners it's a great experience um, and I've been to Colombia as well okay yeah okay but Argentina's on there right? definitely, definitely. Okay. I just like the landscape and the lifestyle yeah I've not, we haven't done any of South America really have we really um, we came back from Japan this year which was oh, amazing yeah, brilliant it was really really brilliant. good yeah. Um, and we're doing you, you've got um, this trip planned oh, for next year right? Cold War's Greatest Hits yeah so we're starting in Moscow and we're tr- interrailing it around uh, Eastern Europe in the summer uh, after my Jesus when Charlotte okay. finishes yeah, her yes. GCSEs we've got St. Petersburg St. Petersburg's on the list yeah. so Moscow to St. Peters, Petersburg and then probably over to Riga okay. and then sort of round oh, back nice. to Prague so yeah, I want to do as well yeah you want to go to Prague as well I want to do all the Eastern European Cold War spots <laughs> brilliant because Charlotte for some reason loves loves the Cold War yeah, don't it, it's one of my topics at school so I, I just kind of have a weird investment you're going to go to Berlin yeah yeah I mean I've been to Prague and Berlin and Budapest never before been. Yeah. Never been. Charlotte's never been so we're going to we've got a long train ride yeah. planned so it should be good fun. I was uh, only a few weeks ago just before I actually fly out to China we were in Berlin we have um, there's like an annual conference there for the international education industry and it's always at the end of October, November. And having been there yeah. from a history point of view and read lots of sort of Cold War stories in history and so on, it's like, for me, that is Berlin. That sort of weather, it's always sort of cold and misty yeah. and so yeah. on. Yeah. But was it, was it, I mean, I, I had a really strike. I went to Berlin about three years ago for... Uh, uh, Cassie and I went, so Charlotte's mum and I went, and um, we did, uh, during the day, it was sort of November time, so it was all very cold, weather wasn't particularly great, so we did like the Berlin Wall, and we did the Reichstag, and we did like the amazing history, um, wandered into old... East Germany, which still yeah. felt quite communist in yeah. feel. But then of an evening, all the Christmas markets were out and they had jazz playing everywhere and stuff like that. So actually, it was one of those countries that even now is still quite a dichotomy, right? Yeah. It's still a mixture of both these things. Yeah. Um, and quite a modern co- cosmopolitan place. But Oh, it's great. Yeah. But I was, that's where for me it's very funny because I went, my cousin actually lives there, so I went there in like April and it just didn't feel like Berlin for me because I was so used to this misty image I want it to be more it's not cold enough in my head Berlin is still in two different parts you know what it's weird because it architecturally I found some of it is because they've done less development on the east than the west yeah Yeah, that's because the west was um, supported by like a capitalist and 
culture, yeah. like the America. Uh, it was the US, uh, Britain, and Paris that had control of the Western side. Yeah. Um, but the Eastern Bloc was controlled by the USSR, the yeah. and they were yeah. communists. So it was all. Thanks for the history lesson, Charlotte. Should we get well, to appa- that? Apparently, teaching others helps to learn it myself. So exactly. So, yeah. so sharing. Thank you. Yeah. Next question. Okay. If you had your own gang, what would it be called? Whoa. <laughs> if you had your own gang. It's <laughs> a very good question. I love this question because it's just inspired by me and it's great. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, what football teams or other teams I've had in the past time. I've never really had a gang. Um, the Falkland Road gang, that's where I live. Okay. Yeah. And I, I used to own a gang What's your trousers. What's your favourite work of art? Um, Van Gogh's The Sunflowers. <sighs> Amazing! I love Van Gogh. Yeah. yeah, that that will have to say. Having seen Picasso's Guernica up front, um, not a massive Picasso fan, but it's just an amazing piece. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely the sunflowers. Yeah. Sunflowers, love that. We, I got to see Starry Night a couple of years ago up close. It's in New York, and I got in a lot of trouble because I got so close to it. A big burly American security <laughs> had to push me back a bit. Yeah, the, the Mona Lisa's a little bit disappointing. I, I, look, I, look, me, you, you and I have seen it. We found it a bit underwhelming, didn't it's we? So but, yeah, it's so small. Have you been, though, to um, Monet's house in France? Monet's house in France? You know, the, uh, the lilies. The lilies. Uh, was it Giverny? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Giverny. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I have. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, the images, it's great. Um, what's your favourite piece of trivia? Oh, I like some. So the, no, the piece of useless knowledge you've got. Well, we have a, we have a pub quiz every year. Um, I'm probably going to ruin it now because I use this one whenever I'm put on spot. Um, where we have like an eliminator round. This is like we raise money for Zimbabwe. And uh, <laughs> how many seeds or, or species of seed is there at Kew Gardens? <sighs> it's got to be sound. <sighs> what would you guess on that? Uh, 3,692. <laughs> okay. Do you know that? Uh, 4,220. Uh, 4,000. Really? Amazing. I, 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 I hope that's true when you Google it later, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my trivia fact is like change. What's your one? Um, Lychees aren't good for you. That's more of a generalisation, though. Okay, the, the fact is that lychees uh, stop the chemicals in your liver from working. Oh, right. um, so that fats in your body can't be broken down into glucose. But. E.g., lychees aren't good for starving people. Interesting. We had this conversation. We never had it on the podcast, though. How many lychees have you got to eat for it to yeah. be good for you? Uh, it depends on whether you've eaten or not. So if you haven't eaten, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't eaten anything all day, yeah. don't eat lychees. Don't eat lychees. But if I've had three square meals, am I allowed just to? You're, you're good. Because like, yeah. the uh, the chemicals in your body are still. Uh, are still processing the glucose but it's just if you haven't eaten at all um, 
the chemicals that break down the fats in your bodies and turn them into glucose are needed to produce the glucose because it's not coming from an external source. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, eat my cheese on empty stomach. Don't eat them often, but I'm taking that away. If you've learned one thing, and my my one <laughs> hasn't changed from that original podcast. Who is the first ever person in the UK to use a ATM machine to withdraw cash? You know the answer. The it's Queen. Gone. I forgot. I don't know who. The Bank of England. It's a, it's a weird one. Reg Farney from On the Buses. You know the old '70s sitcom. Really. On the buses. Je- Again, Google it. Look it up. <laughs> and the reason being is because the first ever. Uh, ATM was opened in uh, Barclays Bank in North London, and he he was their local celebrity. Really? Yeah. Such an amazing. Well, what fact, about who it? was singing on the Berlin Wall when it came down? I can't remember who it was now. David oh, Hasselhoff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that could be a good one. And then the Talk last question. Yeah, yeah, I, the, I, I don't know if he, he was on it when it came down, but it wasn't a million. It wasn't a million hours. He was circling around. Yeah, speaking I, I still don't know why David Hasselhoff was so popular yeah. in Germany at the time. I don't know why why that was, but okay. we'll find out. Last one. Oh, you want what you've got? What's your favourite app? What's my favourite app? Well, apart from the Bayswater app, can't ah, so like we've got good our app. There good you go. Life, we like it. Yeah, Available on all popular. More fans. popular than that. <laughs> more, more popular than the Bayswater app. Um, I must admit, probably the most time I spend on BBC Sport app if I'm making a confession. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and <laughs> what's the, the our last question of the podcast um, was? Um, What's the one thing you've done once but would never do again? Eat at Garfunkel's. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Garfunkel's other rubbish, rubbish restaurants are available. Um, thank you so much thank for coming to the podcast. Um, where can people find out more about the college and the foundation? Well, it's probably easiest to go on the, the website, so it's bayswater.ac. It's okay. very easy. Amazing. And if you go on there, you can see the giving page, so... Cool. Thank you so much for your time. Brilliant. Today. Thank you. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks to both of you. So that was the last uh, element of the episode with James. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. Now, one thing I need to mention is that we did record it um, quite a long time ago. So it was pre-COVID. So there might be some references in there that are um, slightly unusual because it was a pre-COVID interview. Oh um, I don't even remember pre-COVID. <laughs> what was um, that? <laughs> a lifetime ago. Well, but you know what? I, I was saying to somebody the other day that um, actually uh, this is like the, all of the interviews we've done for the past three and a half years is a bit of a social commentary on post and pre-COVID, isn't it? I wonder if we're going to listen back and there's, there'll be subjects that we're talking about in like 2018. Um I mean, I mean, we were in 2019 talking quite a lot about our trip to Japan, weren't we? <laughs> you know that you know that thing you used to be able to do when you could get on a plane and go to a different country. You mean get on two planes <laughs> and go to a completely different country on the other side of the oh, world? I forgot our uh, I, f- I forgot our flyby visit to Copenhagen. I didn't even um, see we Copenhagen. We just sat at the uh, airport. Shall we? Shall we end the show? Sure. Go on in. Tis the end of another.
another podcast only to get that at the bottom of a mug. Just tis the end. I know, I know. We. I keep saying it, but no, <coughs> we w- we definitely need to do something about our merch, don't we? Mm-hmm. And last uh, last question of the podcast was a good one. Um, so popular. Uh, not not particularly popular though. Uh, you know what though? I mean, sometimes the question of the podcasts that are the most trivial trivial are the easiest to answer and therefore get the most answers. Last week's question of the podcast was a bit big. Yes. It is we always we always go big and then go on. Go on <laughs> quickly because we haven't got that many answers to it. But um, the uh, uh, the. Um, question of the podcast this week was, or last week, was what's the world's greatest natural wonder? And we had uh, a joke answer, I think it's a joke. Uh, Mandy, who's the trainer at my gym, mm-hmm. um, Brian Hill said punctuation is the world's greatest Man natural made. wonder. Um, Steve, Steve Dan said, um, I, I wish he would have said the wonder of childbirth, but Steve's a direct guy. Just went birth, birth. John Cook, who I know is a West Ham fan, said Julian Dix taking a penalty. Um, Nathan Fry, this one I love. Uh, Nathan Fry said selfless acts of kindness, and Al McCann said the sheer diversity of life. I would have just said creation itself, but sure. Uh, so, creation. The itself. existence of anything is wonderful in itself. True, true, and chaotic. Yeah, but wonderful all the same. Yeah, love it. And on that note, I don't think we can top that ending. No, no. Um, the creation of life is the creation of life is wonderful. We'll see you next week. <laughs> nice, <one>. isn't it? <laughs> Nice. The the nice creation of life. (laughs) See you next week, listeners. Bye.